on a problematic podcast, we talk about the movies and media from yesteryear and today that may have aged poorly. We discuss if they are truly offensive or simply misjudged. Is it even possible to navigate these landmines without being canceled ourselves? Listen weekly to find out if the jokes your parents found funny still hold up today. I'm calling for a remake of Soul Man. Oh, God. Season one of a problematic podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you stream your podcast. Thank you, ACAST. We're an ACAST podcast. Are you looking for a gift for a special someone or something for yourself to help with self-care? Well, visit radiantlightcandleco.com. Homemade candles perfectly scented to provide you an escape from reality. Each one of their scents is made to provoke a thought, feeling, or vibe to help your inner light shine through. So visit radiantlightcandleco.com. That's R-A-D-I-A-N-T-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-N-D-L-E-C-O.com today for all your candle and soap needs. Hi, everyone. If you support a person's reproductive rights, please visit RAP.org. That's W-R-R-A-P dot O-R-G. RAP helps bridge the financial gap for people who seek an abortion or emergency contraceptives. Here's how they work. RAP stands for Women's Reproductive Rights Assistance Project, but we all know that more people than just cisgender women can get pregnant. They're here to help everyone. RAP is the largest national independent nonprofit abortion fund. They provide urgently needed financial assistance nationwide to individuals seeking abortion services or emergency contraceptives. So if you're a person in need or if you're a person just willing to help, please visit RAP.org. That's W-R-R-A-P dot O-R-G. That's W-R-R-A-P dot O-R-G today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Indie Solo, a Blood Rain podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gray. On this podcast, I get to interview some of my favorite people and artists from around the world that I really look up to and respect. And today, I'm joined by an amazing author. He is a radio host. He's a professor. He's an editor. He's everything he's ken schneck hi ken everything feels like a lot but i'll take the other ones i will take the other descriptions you are everything you have (laughs) been everywhere you have i feel like you have lived 80 lives you i just finished reading your book again (laughs) you know i'm obsessed with it um it was a big savior for me during COVID because I felt like I was wandering and wandering with you. So hi, Musa Mesa Ken. Hi, it's so great to it's great to be here, and I really appreciate the invite. Um, let's get started about where you grew up. Sure. Yeah, I grew up in New Jersey, uh, right outside of New York City. Um, you could see the Empire State Building from our temple, which was only a few blocks away. So the the people that actually grew up behind us uh, were in New York. So I was right up there on the New Jersey and New York border. And as soon as I graduated high school, I moved into New York City. And that's where I did my 
my undergrad and my master's and my PhD, and I worked there for a while. So uh, I am I am from that New York City area. But I, I will say I've only recently started to very much own my New Jersey heritage. I I think for many years I would say, oh yeah, I'm from the New York City area. But I I and I am. But I'm from New Jersey, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of people have trouble owning that New Jersey heritage. Yeah. I I have a problem saying that I live there sometimes. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why do people have a problem with New Jersey? It's awesome. I, I very much enjoyed my childhood there for, for the most part, for the most part. Uh, and I own it. I own my New Jersey heritage. I am a Jersey girl. Well, how did you get started? Because the way I met you was I was a recording artist. I'll never call myself a singer. I was a recording artist <laughs> making music and you got to interview me on your show. This show is so gay, which I think you should bring back. Um, uh, how did you get started with this show is so gay? Yeah, so I was actually living in Vermont at the time and uh, I was sitting at a 4th of July parade and which in this southern part of Vermont was really just three fire trucks and a drag queen and the <laughs> local it's true. Uh, the local radio station was handing out flyers um, for uh, if people wanted slots on their schedule. And I did. I wanted, I've always loved radio. And so uh, I grew up listening to Z100, right, in, in New York City. And I, I just absolutely loved it. And so I applied and they gave me a slot and I knew I wanted to call it This Show Is So Gay. And it just gave me this amazing opportunity to interview LGBTQ people who were using their voices to make a difference. The, the goal was to do maybe 15 episodes and maybe get my mom to listen. And we did This Show Is So Gay for 10 years and 430 episodes and and many millions of downloads. It was it was a syndicated radio show, so it was on radio stations across the country, but it also was a podcast and people can still every single episode still lives at this show is so gay.com. I I just paid the bill for the year to keep that thing running just cuz I don't want those episodes to go away. I think you should bring it back. What are the chances that you bring it back? Zero. Uh, I there is a chance that I will do. Um, we we are finishing up. We already did the pilot for it. Uh, shopping out. This news is so gay, and that would be a LGBTQ meet the press, um, which I shouldn't say out loud because I don't want someone else to take that idea. But there currently is no LGBTQ uh, meet the press out there in the world, and we created a pilot for it, and it came out great. So uh, no more. This show is so gay, but this. This news is so gay. Hopefully we'll be coming to uh, earbuds near you. I can't wait for that. You see, this is what I mean when I say you do everything. You absolute, you don't stop um, in reading your book. Well, I read it and then I did the audiobook. The audiobook gives you so much. I felt like I was on a journey with you. I love that. Yeah, I, I have to say, I love the book book, but I love the audio book even more. Um, I, I like holding a tangible book, uh, but the audio book, I'm just super proud of. So uh, yeah, no, that's available on Audible or wherever audio books are sold near you. So let's ask the most obvious corny question. Mm -hmm. Seriously, how did you get here? Like, how? How did you get to all the places you went. How did you, 
Did you always have this wanderlust about you? No, uh, you know, I I think I was definitely in a rut. Um, so look, the, the title of the book, seriously, what am I doing here? Is something that I that I question with some frequency about what it is that I'm doing with my own gifts to to make the world a better place. Um, and so it was actually, it, it all ties together. It was a radio episode um, where I had this woman on and she was talking about her nonprofit in Uganda. And I just said out loud without thinking as I do, well, I'm gonna go with you the next time you go. And within 48 hours, I had a ticket to go with her. And so that was really the first adventure in the book. Shortly after that, uh, my marriage fell apart. Um, so it was, whereas going to Uganda was asking seriously, what am I doing here in this part of the world? Um, suddenly having this relationship that I had built my whole life on not exist, I mean, really just not exist anymore, had me questioning, you know, what am I doing here in, in a much different way? So I started throwing myself, I was still in that Ugandan state of mind, um, and I started throwing myself into more adventures. I think that the theme was just saying yes to stuff that I would never do before um, in the hopes of finding some sort of geographic cure to to what I was experiencing, which I don't know. I, there are some people who who say there's no such thing as the geographic cure and 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 you need to look inside yourself. And, and I understand that. But I also think that that throwing myself into these adventures all over the world is is actually what helped me find myself. So uh, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle of that one. Um, I cried with you. Uh -huh. You you <laughs> talked about in uh, in your divorce. I cried with you when in your. I don't want to give away the whole book. Go get it on Amazon, Audible, everywhere. Go get it. Um, so I don't want to give everything away, but your biking trip that you yeah. went on and the friendships you made. Yeah. Um, how did you access that part of yourself? Is it, was it the the community that you were with? Was it all the people? I think it was also, so that probably of all the adventures in the book, that was the blurriest one because that was so fresh off of my breakup. And so there's a, there's a degree to which I don't even, I'm so thankful that I journaled every single night because otherwise I don't know that I would remember that time in my life. Um, and so a part of it was also that I was, uh, what, 32, 32 or 33. So I was able to uh, pedal 450 miles in a way that I probably couldn't just wake up and do right this second, 12, 13 years later. Um, so some of it was the, the folly of youth. Some of it was just being not in my right state of mind. But yeah, I, I had never before uh, biked more than 20 or 30 miles and suddenly I was going 450 miles in five days um, and met really some incredible people. Uh, one of the women, uh, Annette, we talk um, probably three, four times a week, every week for the past 12, 13 years. And we met on that trip. Um, we've actually only hung out together physically three or four times in our lives. Wow. Rip, just doing that adventure with her um, and, and going through such trauma as I was experiencing it really did make friends for life. But I do think a piece of it was I, 
I was going to say, you know, I had to be open to it. I still am not sure if I was open to that adventure. I just was so out of my mind that I'm like, yeah, whatever. Sure. I'll get on my bike and 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 pedal 116 miles on that first day, not even knowing what I was doing. Yeah. Foolishness. It's a fun, it's a fun motivator. It, it made me crack up when you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going south. That means downhill. That's sure. great. I can do Absolutely. the whole thing. Yeah. But totally you did south. it. I did it. I did it. And by the way, what's not in the book is uh, I did it and I did it the next year as well. Uh, so I, I did it two years wow. in a row. Um, and so I'm kind of, I'm in some ways more proud of the second year because I was more in my right state of mind. Uh, but still, it, it was painful physically and emotionally. <laughs> um, was there as much crying the second year? There wasn't. Um, I wasn't journaling. And so I think I wasn't uh, as in touch with what I was experiencing. You know, writing is really my way of being as present as possible. Um, even even for the sake of, I know that I'm going to be noting stuff later, you know, in a few hours. So I'm just much more present and paying attention uh, and, and just in touch with who I am. So that second time I, I wasn't, uh, it, it, it wasn't as painful. I don't know that it was as significant um, because I was a little bit a thing apart. Okay, what are the chances that we get another published journal like the Andy Warhol diaries. Yeah, very strong. They are very strong. I am um, certainly deep uh, in two very significant journeys right now. Uh, one connected to my faith and one connected to, uh, we'll call it possible impending fatherhood. And that's as much as I'll tease on that one. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm writing a lot right now. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I can't wait. And Mazel Tov and congratulations on your journey. Thank you. Um, you have two other books, I believe. LGBTQ Cleveland and LGBTQ Columbus. Do not forget about LGBTQ Cincinnati. They would- Oh, LGBTQ Cincinnati. <laughs> yes, three books, three books. Um, yeah. Your love of you've been from New Jersey to Vermont to Ohio. What made it what made Ohio where you wanted to put roots and write about the history of its three big sea cities? Yeah. You know, I left Vermont because it was just too small of a place to get divorced. It just was. I, I remember that friend from the the bike trip she came to visit me once in vermont and a car drove by and i said oh that's like that's my ex-husband's car and she said yeah a lot of people have that car and i said no that is literally my ex-husband's car like that's him that just drove by and it just wasn't a place where i was able to fully heal and so um at the time i was a dean of students i had been a dean of students for 10 years i, I became a dean of students when i was 25 uh, and I wanted to do it for the rest of my life, but I, I just completely burnt out. And so I started looking around and, and thinking, well, what else could I do? And, and I got it in my head that I wanted to be a faculty member. And so I, I found a professor gig in Cleveland. I had never been to Cleveland before. I had never been to Ohio before. I had never been to the Midwest before, other than maybe a layover in Chicago. Um, I had never spent any time here. And so like many decisions in my life, life. I just didn't think it through and I just went. Um, 
and I really fell in love with Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland has been an amazing home for me. Uh, Cleveland and and the people herein have supported every single thing that I have tried to do. Um, and just as I really try to get out there and support other people and what they're trying to do here, I find that Cleveland, that is one of the biggest distinguishing factors in Cleveland is that when people have an idea, they try it out and other people show up to support them. And I, I love that about it here. So um, that first book, uh, my, my travelogue, Seriously, What Am I Doing Here, came out when I was living here in Cleveland. And uh, well, actually, I had, the last adventure that I when I hiked Colorado Rocky Mountains um, took place when I was living here in, in the Cleveland area. Um, and so that opened a lot of doors for me. And, and one of them was a uh, publisher reaching out to me and saying, hey, would you maybe be interested in doing a history book, a photo history book of the LGBTQ history of Cleveland? And I'm like, sure, I'm not a historian, but I'll do that. Um, and, and so I did it and then I, it wasn't enough for me. I really wanted to, I learned a lot about Columbus, uh, through writing that first book, through writing LGBTQ Cleveland. And, and then once you've done Cleveland and Columbus, well, that just makes Cincinnati, uh, feel very left out. And so I did a Cincinnati <laughs> book and I think I'm good. I, I'm not doing LGBTQ Dayton or, uh, Toledo. I think that's it. There was the possibility of me doing LGBTQ Pittsburgh, but I think I'm good on photo history books. It was a, a wonderful opportunity to capture some history that would have been lost otherwise um and hopefully it kicked off even greater projects there's a there's a 20 maybe 24 25 year old in cincinnati who has um really run with it and is creating an incredible uh photo uh, photo history and and lived history of lgbtq cincinnati that goes way more into depth than mine did so i love seeing that um and i hope that i was a small part of that because otherwise these histories go away, right? As our elders uh, transition, um, mm -hmm. you know, we can't lose these histories, especially right now when um, our community is so under attack and there are so many lessons that we need to remember uh, from what our LGBTQ elders fought through. Oh yes, especially right now. Now you are an inspiration. Are you still an editor at the Buckeye Flame? Oh yeah, no, the Buckeye Flame is the most important thing that I've ever done in my life. Uh, I've had a, obviously you've, you've, I'm, I'm honored you've hit on so many highlights. Um, the Buckeye Flame, though, above everything, is is the most important thing to date that I've done. Uh, we exist as Ohio's only LGBTQ plus newsroom uh, here in a state that doesn't have uh, legal protections for LGBTQ people in housing, in employment, in public accommodations. You know, my university could could fire me for being gay. That would be weird because I have tenure. Uh, I, <laughs> I could. Uh, I could get kicked out of um, my house by my cats for being gay. Uh, I could get kicked out of a restaurant with my fictitious boyfriend for being gay. Um, that's all legal here in Ohio. So the Buckeye Flame uh, exists as a LGBTQ newsroom to make sure our stories are getting told and also that the actions of what is currently a super majority of Republicans uh, in the Columbus State House who are just actively trying to um, take away even more protections, uh, which is 
I keep thinking is difficult to do because we don't have any here, but they are managing. Uh, so yeah, we, this is our third year. Um, we, we are celebrating our third birthday in just a few weeks. Uh, and Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a wonderful ride. It's made me not love pride month because we have to have a presence, uh, at so many different pride festivals. So pride month is a little bit of work. Um, just every day is something else. Uh, but yeah, the Buckeye flame, the most important thing I've ever done. I mean, I mean, that's saying a lot because you've done a <laughs> lot. You've been everywhere and done a lot of things. Um, for our younger listeners, um, I get into this debate with the younger people all the time. They don't really, a lot of people are very politically minded, but a lot of my younger people that I talk to don't really care about people like a Ron DeSantis because that's mm -hmm. over there. That's not... I live in Louisiana, That's which is a whole state of its own. We have our own problems. But they're like, we have our own stuff. Ron DeSantis is Florida. That's over there. Could you explain to some younger people why it's so important to keep people like that in mind and yeah. to fight that? Yeah, look, um, it is undeniable right now that being anti-LGBTQ uh, coalesces um, a certain part of the population to get to vote for you. Uh, it just works um, because it's individuals who who are believing that their very way of life is being threatened um, by LGBTQ people, by trans people playing sports, um, by LGBTQ people giving blood, uh, by um, you know, trans people using the bathroom, and and we're gonna very quickly get back to uh, by LGBTQ people being in a married relationship. You know, here in Ohio, I, I get a lot of pushback. I actually just got an email. Um, I get maybe one a week from someone saying that the Buckeye Flame is too trans, and and that's. Um, pretty ironic to me, given that almost all of the anti-LGBTQ legislation coming out of the Columbus State House is anti-trans, but that's why our content is so uh, trans-centered. But but please know, everybody, that it's not just about the trans community. Uh, there's a bill right now that would force, um, and it's going through a lot of state legislatures. Um, and I think this is really the piece that would convince other people. This is the bill that seems to get people's attention. It would force all teachers and school staff to automatically out LGBTQ uh, youth to their parents. Um, not just teachers, but also school counselors and social workers, which is against their code of ethics. And when I think uh, LGBTQ youth um, and LGBTQ adults think back to that time and telling our first trusted person uh, that, that we were gay, um, for so many of us, that wasn't our parents. And maybe it wasn't because we were, uh, because our parents were going to kick us out of the house, though we know that that is very much the case. And that's why a disproportionate number of youth um, who experience homelessness are LGBTQ youth uh, because their parents did kick them out of the house. But maybe, you know, our parents weren't going to kick us out of the house, but we didn't know how they were going to respond. So we told a trusted adult and nine times out of 10, that trusted adult was a teacher or a social worker um, and, and, and a school counselor. And so the fact that we are moving into this space where, quite frankly, Republicans, because it is almost exclusively Republicans, don't even want us to be able to have that 
trusted conversation, uh, that should be enough to get everyone activated that that we can't even hold our own truths, that we can't even have our lived experience, um, even as LGBTQ youth. And then, sure, let's push that to trans issues. Let's look at all the municipalities now uh, that are trying to ban drag portions of pride. Well, there would be no pride without drag. There would be no pride without trans identity. Um, I saw that too on Twitter, and I kind of went off on it last night of some idiot just saying, you, we got to get the T's away from the L's, the G's, and the B's. You're morons. We there would be no L's, G's, and B's without the T's. Like it just makes absolutely no sense. Um, so yeah, we we have to care about how we're all getting through this together uh, because we're getting assaulted from all sides, and and there's nothing that Republicans would like more than the L's, the G's, the B's, the T's, and the Q's to be fighting with each other. I think that was beautifully said. Um, and I think that we can get off this topic very quickly and have a little fun. Let's do you it. mind I'm having ready. a little fun with me? I am always <laughs> down for fun with you. Um, I, I thought that you said that perfectly and beautifully and everybody go vote and register to vote because it's important. Please, please. Um, housewives, how into the housewives are you? There's nothing I haven't seen. Okay, can you give me your top three housewives? Hmm. Um, I, let me just say, I probably am gonna need someone to physically hold me during the New Jersey reunion. I'm very upset uh, about New Jersey. Um, I am a huge Bethany fan. Uh, so, so Bethany will always have a place for me. Um, I, oh shoot, because I do want to hit different franchises, though I will say I, I was a huge, huge Dorinda fan, but I do think that she's kind of, um, she's losing it a little bit. So I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with Dorinda these days. I think that during the girls trip, she wasn't very nice uh, as someone who makes it nice. So let me go to other franchises. Um, I uh, I like Eileen a lot, which I know is a little bit of a weird choice, uh, but Eileen Davidson, um, I was a big fan of. Uh, I just, the way that she said to Kim Richards, how dare you? Uh, it was amazing <laughs> in Amsterdam. Um, so that's really good. And I will say that um, I, I am, I know that people, she got hit a lot in the last season, um, but I am a Giselle fan. Um, I like Giselle. And again, I think they all just kind of, well, maybe not Eileen, but Bethany um, and Giselle have a similar type of humor for me. Uh, and so I appreciate just the way that they can talk their way through something. Um, yeah. Um, Jizzy is one of my favorite. I love Giselle. She's yeah. one of my favorites. I love that she gets in trouble and she doesn't care. She doesn't care. I I can't seem to get on the Candace bandwagon. I just can't. I also think it's because there's like 14 eyes in her first name and I don't get why. <laughs> there are eyes in her first name that don't belong there and someone needs to do I need to, I need to do some investigating. Um <laughs> bad that I did not mention New Jersey. I mean I do like Caroline Manzo. I'm curious to see what actually goes down with her and Brandy uh, in the upcoming girls trip. I'm 
I'm on pens and I couldn't watch New Jersey this season. It got too real for me. It got yeah, yeah, I I feel that. I I I don't know how anyone, um, and I know that people are, but I don't know how anyone could be on Team Teresa. Uh, I I just don't get it. Um, I I does Melissa? Do I have issues sometimes with Melissa? Sure, um, but I uh, I I think that the the fracture is ninety five percent Teresa and Louie, and that guy's a lunatic. Um, well, so, yeah. I did. I mean, I I'm sorry to say, I did. The only thing I watched this last season was the was the wedding with the daughters. I yeah. love the wedding with the daughters. Yeah. Yeah, he, I, I, I gotta say, I mean, I think they're suited for each other, but he, I don't like, I don't like a lot of the things that he said. I think he has made things so much worse. So you are strictly team Melissa. I am, I honestly, I do, I actually do like Melissa, but I think I'm team Joe. Uh, Joe Gorga is, is, is who I am. Yeah. He's the best housewife on that franchise, him and his sister. Yeah, he he really is. I th I think that he does want what's best uh, for her, but he's just so sick of getting hurt. Um. Okay, I'm going to give you two, and then you just pick your favorite one. Okay. Okay, we're going to go, we're going to start with what, yeah, we'll start with the original, the OC. Yes. Vicky Tamra. Heather. <laughs> Um, but without question, if, if my choices are Vicky and Tamara, like that's not even a question. It is a hundred percent Tamara. Um, I, I, I am not a Vicky fan at all. I think her entitlement, I mean, to say, to complain about a housewife's entitlement is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, even how she was about being vaccinated for the girls trip, I think Vicky is just the worst. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm a fan of Tamara. Okay. I was going to say Shannon or Heather, but Heather, Heather. Heather I, I'm, that's easy. Yeah. Shannon is growing on me a little bit more, but I am always... Heather, that is no question. Ramona or Sonia? That's not even hard. Uh, Ramona is disgusting. Um, I really, I again, the see. This is where it gets difficult because when their politics get get wrapped up in it, I'm gone. And Ramona's politics are disgusting. The way she, that woman just lies. Sonia is delusional, uh, but Ramona just lies. Um, and you know, the way that she interacted with Ebony was disgusting. Uh, yeah, I the way that when Ramona is done with a conversation, she is so dismissive. I, I am, yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't know that I'm team Tamara or team Sonia. I am just so ardently not team Vicky and, and Ramona is, Ramona is the worst to me. I honestly think of all of the housewives, Ramona is the worst. What did you think of the addition of Ebony on the last iteration of New York? I'm here. I was here for it. Uh, I'm a professor of racial justice. That's what I teach about. Um, I think uh, to have Ebony on there, I won't comment on casting Ebony, but once Ebony's on there, great. 
Yeah, it would be bizarre if we didn't have these conversations. I mean, Ebony, there were there were episodes where Ebony wasn't doing anything and people were saying, I don't see race. And she's like, well, wait a second. I wasn't even trying to have this conversation. But if you're going to say that, I can't let that go. And so I think what people were pissed about was that that Ebony didn't pick her battles. Screw that. I, there's no way she's going to sit there and and just let people be openly disrespectful. And so I think somehow people walked away thinking that that Ebony was there to make every conversation about race. And I didn't see that at all. I saw Ebony living her life and at one point just trying to talk about Shabbat uh, and Judaism. And even that people were so disrespectful. So um, I loved I loved Ebony. Um, yeah, I. I I, I think for her to not say the things that she said would have been tremendously worse. Okay. Robin in Potomac <laughs> or Dr. Wendy? Um, that's a hard one because I do uh I do like uh Dr. Wendy and I certainly respect her as a professor and what she has brought to the table. Um I liked her and Eddie's way of laughing things off. Um I'm actually going to go with Dr. Wendy because um Wow, Robin, talk about Andy Cohen really influencing how you feel about people. It could not have been more clear that Andy Cohen is furious at Robin uh, for covering up Juan's infidelities during the season. Uh, and so when when they kept cutting to during the reunion, uh, Robin, um, Robin's one on one with with Andy Cohen, uh, that influenced me greatly. Um, so I, I think she took a hit in my eyes. And that was all you could tell Bravo is pissed at her for covering. She up, didn't get fired. She didn't, but they were, she definitely got a stern talking to. I mean, she got beat down on the air. Uh, he, he he took her down. Um, yeah, so Wendy, I, I like that there were stuff that she and Eddie could have gone off about. She's like, they just laughed together and that was goals. That was awesome. Okay, Kathy Hilton, Lisa Renna. Well, that's really difficult, right? Because uh, I don't love the story that, that Kathy Hilton apparently, um, said that you know some some sort of anti-gay slur uh is lisa rinna a, a ridiculous pot stir does she just say anything that comes into her head of course she does also it's the real housewives what are we pissed about here you know um she did it from minute one of just saying to to well, I know it wasn't minute one with Dorit of just saying, you know, were you doing cocaine in the bathroom? I mean, <laughs> hilarious. They're on a, weren't they on a boat in in Tokyo or something like yes. something ridiculous, right? So um, I don't think Lisa Rinna is very artful, um, but uh, I, I, and I do think that, I wish I knew more about Kathy Hilton. I didn't watch the Paris Hilton documentary. Uh, and so I'm kind of intrigued by how they sent Paris Hilton to some sort of not great rehabilitative uh, institution. But yeah, I'm 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 for Lisa Rinna. I do particularly like Lisa when she's with Eileen. I think that they had a really good interplay and I think they balanced each other out. And I think once Eileen left, Lisa Rinna really didn't have anyone balancing her. And I, I think that was problematic for her. Yeah, she had Erica and she went crazy. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
your thoughts on the Real Housewives of New York reboot. I really am not up on it. Um, I, I, I don't, do we even know when it launches? I don't know when it launches. I, I will, I will try it out. Uh, it's going to be weird to not see anyone that we know, um, as opposed to the legacy one, which I am quite intrigued about. Uh, oh wait, is Ramona back on that though? Because that's going to yes. piss me off. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I let me let me do an unconventional choice. I love Kristen uh, Teekman, Teekman. I really liked her. Um, the one that Ramona threw a uh, glass at and, and cut her lip while they were in the lake in the Berkshires. Um, I swear, this like makes, I, I'm a super fan. Um, <laughs> I like Kristen. I like Kristen a lot. Um, I think she was openly struggling with her marriage, which I, I don't even know if they're still together. I think it'd be weird if they were. Uh, and now Ramona saying, I, Ramona and Avery were doing an interview saying, oh, we don't even know who Kristen is. And that's ridiculous. I don't, if you, if either you're lying and that makes you an asshole, uh, or um, you you really don't remember and that also makes you an asshole. So um, I'm excited for Kristen on that. I, maybe Kelly Ben Simone is a little bit more stable than she was, but but seriously, folks, like I, I think we make jokes about Scary Island. Go back and watch Scary Island. It really is scary. Kelly was undeniably having a psychotic break. Undeniably. She yes. was completely disconnected from reality. So I hope that she is well. And Dur is Dorinda on it too? Because that, that- Yes, uh, yeah, she um, has to be. Otherwise she would crawl out of the sewer and come yeah. up and appear out of nowhere. Um, why do you think people are so fascinated with The Real Housewives? What is your fascination? I'm fascinated and I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I but but to be fair for me, like I, I struggle sometimes to get into a new franchise. I mean, Salt Lake City was just so ridiculous that that it wasn't difficult to get into it. Um, but uh, I, you know, at this point, you feel like you know them, and I think that's why BravoCon and and the I, I think they rightfully some of the housewives complain about how people interact with them on social media. Um, I think especially. Like when you look at New Jersey or you look at someone like Kyle Richards, well, my Lord, we've been watching Kyle Richards for well over a decade. Uh, and so I, I think that you feel like you get to know these folks and they share their lives in a way that like I know more about them than I do about some of my friends, right? And so uh, I think that there's an investment there. It's not, I mean, Housewives is kind of a... a uh, what was I just watching a clip of Kelly Clarkson was interviewing um, when uh, she was interviewing Teresa and Kenya and all of them when the first um, girl strip came out and, and, and Kelly Clarkson made that throwaway line that we often think about, like, none of you are housewives right like nobody's even really a housewife anymore so and and in some ways it's not even necessarily about excess 
uh, it used to be every time they did something, and they still do this on Beverly Hills, they will flash a price tag on it, right? And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they're spending this much. And that doesn't happen as more. Um, these are still wildly wealthy people, um, but I don't know that they're as wealthy uh, as they were in OC and Beverly Hills. Like, I don't get the sense that Ashley Darby is that wealthy. Like, she's not a Lisa Vanderpump. Um, I don't get the sense that Candace uh, is, is is making that much money uh, or, or Melissa Gorga um, or Dolores. I don't get the sense that Dolores, right? So it's not even about the wealth anymore. Um, I think it's about these people are are caricatures, but you still get to know them. So I'm like invested in them. And so I agree with you. I think the Teresa and Melissa thing is really painful, but I think it's painful because we're so invested. I just think that some people are taking this way too far and they lose their minds on the social medias. Way too far. Cause I don't know these people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um Ken, thank you so, so much oh, for hopefully. doing this. Um, I'm so happy to have you for, I, it's my birthday month, this is our June episode. So thank you so, so much. You know, I love talking to you anytime I get the pleasure of doing it. Um, thank you. I can't say oh, thank you enough. Happy birthday and please, please keep doing what you're doing. It makes a difference. Um, go check out Ken's bio at Baldwin College. It's great. Go read the Buckeye. Uh, Anything else you want to plug before we get uh, out of here? We would love people check out the Buckeyeflame.com. It's the Buckeye Flame. We love that word, the, so it's in there. Uh, and that is what we are up to. Thanks, everybody. All right. And until next time, everybody, have a great day and a good night.